The following is a paid program and does not necessarily reflect the opinions of the staff or management of visionary-related entertainment. Hi, you've reached Clint Hansen with Maui Luxury Real Estate, broadcasting on 1110 AM, 98.7 FM, 96.7 FM, the KAOI Radio Group. You can also find us on our website, MauiRealEstate.net. Most people are starting to follow us on MauiRealEstateRadio.com. We have all up-to-the-minute uh, vlogs and information about buying real estate. Of course, on MauiRealEstate.net, we have great search features. I want to talk about, again, some more 101s associated with the first purchase or any purchase for that matter. Um, and inspections are a very large part of that process. You want to make sure you know what you are buying. Uh, and this goes for all properties, and it's not necessarily just a buyer thing too. Sometimes sellers decide to inspect a property uh, before they list things onto the market so that there's not as many red flags or concerns for the buyer coming up. That way they can have a licensed contractor go and address those issues and disclose them properly and people won't be fearful of moving forward with the property. It's good to head things off. Uh, today I have Bo Patron of the Sound Mind Home Inspection. He's with me today and I wanted to uh, introduce you. He's one of the guys that I like to recommend on all of our home inspections, whether you be a buyer or seller. And uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and your qualifications. Well, aloha. Thanks for having me, Clint. A pleasure Thanks to be here. Coming. Um, yeah, Bo Petroni. Uh, the company is the Sound Mind Home Inspection. Uh, we've been operating since 2003 here on island and offer services all throughout Maui County. And um, I made the transition from construction into the inspection uh, industry starting in 2002 and then went full bore in 2003 when we opened the company and uh, really enjoy what we do. We get to see a lot of amazing properties, um, all sorts of uh, living situations uh, from rentals to homeowners. Um, and it's, it can be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, the funny thing is 2003, I remember that I had my license at that point. I was still pretty fresh faced at that time. I've had my license now 17 years. Um, and I remember you walking into the Colwell Banker office and, you know, talking about what you could do. And there's been other inspectors and my mom's like, yeah, yeah, let's let's try out. And we've been very impressed with how thorough you are in the process. But more importantly, it's not just going through and, you know, having that breadth of knowledge and experience. It's also you're always there to kind of help walk people through afterwards. Those follow up conversations are often more important than the actual inspection themselves. And I really just want to say thank you for that. It's it's been valuable to the people people who've given you a call to get oh, that help. No, yeah, thank you. It's uh, It's been a real pleasure working with you and your family for, for all these years now. Uh, it's amazing how fast the time goes by and, <laughs> and how we've grown, both of us, in the industry. Uh, and it's an ever-evolving industry. Uh, it really requires uh, you as, as the agent um, and myself as the inspector to constantly learn and grow with this industry um, as the building industry is constantly growing and evolving as well. Um, so we try to do everything we can as inspectors. Uh, I'm a multi-inspector company now. Uh, we've grown into four inspectors uh, that help serve Maui County. Um, that, and That mm -hmm. took you a really long time to come <laughs> up to that many, too, because you were a one-man machine for a long time. And yep. it's, uh, you know, you had to say no to a lot of people that were looking for your inspections. But the main thing is it took you a long time to find your team. That's you know, right. it was, uh, I know you have a, a strong set of qualifications, you know, same way that it's hard for us to, you know, get agents into our office. We don't want to, you know, we want to make sure we have very ethical, intelligent, hardworking, committed people. And Absolutely. I've noticed you've been doing the same with the people that you've been hiring over time. Thank you. Yeah. I, you know, one of the things is currently in Hawaii, there's no requirement for state licensing, uh, something that we've been pushing for uh, within the industry, but Very cautiously so. yeah. um, because we want to make sure it gets done. But not uh, overregulated. Right. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's definitely, you know, a double edged sword there uh, potentially. But um, I think there is, you know, advantages um, to having license requirements. Um, but in the meantime, what we do require of our inspectors, uh, all of our inspectors have come with some sort of uh, pre-certification uh, for the home inspection industry, and whether they got it from a university or an online educator, uh, we take that and then we 
take them and train them in the field, which, you know, could take anywhere from about two to six months, uh, depending on their construction background, mm -hmm. certification levels, and uh, how familiar they are with Hawaii's construction industry. Uh, and, and then beyond that, we actually require them to obtain a secondary certification level through ASHI, which is the mm -hmm. American Society of Home Inspectors, yeah. uh, the most recognized uh, national um, organization currently with the, within the industry. Now, uh, you mentioned that uh, there's currently no uh, county or state licensing required for home inspectors. Correct. And you've been working toward that end, you know, uh, meeting and communicating with it on some point. Now, uh, that being said, uh, is there something that people should look out for when they're choosing a home inspector that you would recommend? Obviously, you mentioned the ASHI is a really good example, but, you know, perhaps there's some other licensing or, you know, obviously giving them a call and feeling them out is important, but are there, are there any certifications that are, you know, potential options? Right. Uh, you know, I think it's always smart to do your background checks. And, you know, we're very fortunate here in Maui uh, that is still a small enough community where we can really utilize that word of mouth referral basis um, mm -hmm. that so many of us, you know, use within our businesses to uh, obtain our business. Um, and, you know, but Maui is small enough to where, you know, I kind of, I think it weeds out you know the the inspectors and or you know um whoever within their own industry you know yeah <laughs> that word of mouth gets around a few people do uh, a few silly things or yep. miss some very obvious red flags and uh they're not there for that much longer but we Correct. like using you and we haven't had any issues coming up i've i've had a couple people expect you to do a little impossible digging sometimes yeah. <laughs> like no stuff underneath a foundation that had no signs or right. you know digging way back into a wet wall to see a bundle of wire put together with duct tape or something but you've caught so many things that I've been just absolutely blown away by. What are some things that you look for when you're going for an inspection? Some, you know, the general ABCs associate because you're looking for mechanical, structural, you know, those kinds of just basic signs so people know and can go in with their eyes open. Right, we do follow the ASHI standards of practice for the industry and we have all that information available on our website. Um, and we really encourage, you know, home buyers, um, sellers and, and anybody really uh, involved in the in real estate industry to educate themselves with uh, the industry standards so that they have a better understanding of what is required of their home inspector prior to getting involved in the inspection. Um, however, we do pride ourselves on going above and beyond those standards, uh, Absolutely. but we do understand that they are there also to help protect the inspector uh, for some certain things that could be unforeseen in, in during the inspection process uh, that we just you know, couldn't get to or be able to see or determine the uh, unknowns. The of unknowns. <laughs> yeah, of course, we're not Superman. We can't see through walls and ceilings and floors and stuff. Uh, though we do offer a lot of extra services beyond just the standard home inspection, which is our most common uh, service that we provide. Uh, but we do also specialty inspections, as you know, mold testing as well. Mm, that um, big four-letter word. Yeah, the four-letter <laughs> word. We can get more into that, of course. Um, but Im uh, thermal image uh, imaging um, services so that we can actually determine sub some subsurface uh, items and issues that we wouldn't be able to do without utilizing those types uh, of cameras. Yes, the yeah. Predator View, my favorite right, camera yeah. that you have. <laughs> They're very cool. <laughs> they are. It's amazing. You can see your own footsteps and any sign of yep. effervescence or water really just mm -hmm. pop out and it's really good for a quick scan of an area. And yeah. I just was blown away how you can capture images in the whole right. nine yards. You and can even see your heat signature reflection in a mirror. Yeah. They're really, They're really pretty cool. Um, you know, uh, when it comes to those inspections and, and looking for those red flags, uh, what are some, you know, uh, as you were saying, it's good for both buyers and sellers. And I do, you know, talk to some of my sellers, especially in situations where there might be a few more material defects in a home to go ahead and get that inspection right up front so that, you know, you can address those problems and minimize it. So out of it, what do you think makes up, you know, uh, the majority of your inspections um, you know, I'm assuming that A, it's before purchasing, you know, representing buyers. Mm -hmm. Some are sellers, but mm -hmm. you know, this is not just old homes. It's new, brand new construction. So can you right. tell us a little bit like your general client list? Sure. Yeah, it, it definitely, you know, real estate inspections from the buyer side is uh, probably our 
number bread one. And butter, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, we do a lot of work for you know new home buyers, uh, investors, and, and so forth. Um, uh, sellers, you know, we probably get about ten to twenty percent of sellers trying to um, be proactive and performing an inspection prior to listing, mm -hmm. uh, which we do encourage. I mean, that can really help you guys eliminate uh, some unnecessary unforeseens prior to the inspection, uh, unnecessary red flags, uh, things that could be taken care of rather easily for low cost, uh, low dollar costs uh, for the seller to get the property uh, to a better stage prior to listing. Um, so I think that that is one area that could be utilized more by sellers, certainly. I've been noticing that too. I've had wonderful experiences with that. You know, recently I had a uh, seller that I represent do that. They went through and they identified a bunch of potential problems and actual problems throughout their property. Right. They got a repair list together. Um, they had it addressed with a contractor and then provided those repairs as well as the full inspection, which mm -hmm. was lengthy, mm -hmm. uh, to uh, the buyer. And right. uh, they actually waived their inspection I don't recommend that if I sure. represent a buyer. I typically want to have a follow-up to make sure things are done properly. But it just goes to show you, if you're willing to head things off at the pass, it really behooves right. you know, the it, seller as well. Yeah, I, I think it, it, you know, the seller using that uh, in conjunction with their disclosure, um, it just shows that they're trying to be forthright in their sale. Um, and I think it gives more confidence to potential buyers coming in, mm -hmm. working with them. Uh, so I think there's big big pluses there, um, you know, but our, our main goal really, you know, through these types of inspections for real estate is to try to highlight, you know, any big um, cost dollar items, you know, things that, uh, you know, maybe like a roof replacement or, um, you know, plumbing issues, uh, mm -hmm. electrical concerns, um, you know, for us, you know, safety is, is number one. Uh, are there safety issues that pose threat to uh, you know, a homeowner, uh, tenants. I bet uh, you've children. seen some wonderful horror stories. You know, some <laughs> Unfortunately, too many. Black wiring and burn spots. Can you tell us uh, some of your war stories? Maybe something that sticks out in your mind? Well, you know, the other day we were um, inspecting a home down in the Pacacalos area. And this was a multi-unit property uh, that obviously had a lot of non-conforming structures and additions. Very common in Maui and Hawaii in general. <laughs> yeah, and we see it everywhere, Every not, just, not just one neighborhood in, in particular. Uh, but this, this was an older, um, an older property as the construction started in the mid-50s um, and probably had gone somewhere oh, wow. in, into the 90s by the looks of the construction methods we were seeing. Is that one of those uh, Sears catalog homes or something like that? <laughs> no, this was pieced together as you go type home. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, what they had done on one of the homes is they had brought the electrical service, uh, they piggybacked off of the front house, uh, we'll call that the main house, and brought the electrical service to the Ohana with no service disconnect. So there was no way to turn off the electricity uh, from the main disconnect panel the system to, to the Ohana. Yeah. Uh, and then they created their own 220 leg by bridging um, uh, the service lugs. Uh, so that's a big no-no, especially when they're running 220 volt appliances along with a lot of other electrical circuits. Just all lumped together, no ground fault interrupters or arc fault interrupters or anything like that? Yeah, nothing, wow. nothing to that nature. And, you know, obviously this had been rented out for many years. Uh, fortunately, you know, it hadn't burned down yet or, you know, caused any major injuries to anybody. But it, it certainly is a scary scenario. And... Uh, too often times we come into, you know, rental property seeing very unsafe living conditions. Mm -hmm. And um, that's a concern for us as inspectors uh, that, um, you know, th that people could be potentially hurt uh, in yeah. a living situation and, and have no idea that, that, there, that there's even a concern there. And that's with some of the older homes, you know, 1950s, you'd certainly expect to see quite a few, you know, issues arising. Mm -hmm. You know, hopefully they brought it to code or at least at some point had a little bit more modern technology applied. But most people don't realize it's also uh, a really good thing to go through for brand new construction. Uh, can you tell me some of the things that uh, you've seen? I know that most of them go relatively clear, but uh, have there uh, been, uh, you know, without naming specific projects sure. or names, but, you know, <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about what can help uh, unforeseen problems? Well, yeah, in new construction, 
people often think, oh, why do I need a home inspection? It's brand new. They've passed all their county inspections. Um, and, and that's true. Uh, they've gone through the process with the county to get signed off and to have it uh, in a Passover state to the, to the home buyer or owner. Um, however, you know, the county, particularly in production buildouts, uh, doesn't have the manpower to oversee every single aspect of the buildout and, and phase, and oftentimes uh, may only be checking a certain percentage of the buildout. And so they're not looking at every single electrical panel or, you know, every uh, single um, f uh, framing, um, uh, uh, sorry, uh, yeah, they're not going to be checking you know, out, yeah. the, you know, the tie-ins, well, yeah, and the insulation on that every, they forget. <laughs> yeah, the, you know, make sure all the fire blockings in its appropriate locations throughout, you know, every single structure. So things can get overseen, um, and, and then also improper drainage too, right? Yeah, yeah and, and particularly in production build-out where you have you know many many bodies on site, um, it, it's hard to just oversee everybody and make sure that every little item and uh, job is being completed uh, as it should. And so we can come in and provide that third eye to uh, make sure that these little items that get left unattended at the end of the job, like missing electrical covers in the attic, uh, I'm sure you've seen that come up on many oh, reports, yeah. um, or a defective appliance. You know, oftentimes the appliances get installed, but they weren't fully tested. Um, cutting, cutting into the beams to install air conditioning. <laughs> yeah, right. We see that notch trusses, cut trusses. Uh, and of course, anytime you're cutting into a framing system, that should be reviewed at least at a minimum by a general contractor, if not an engineer. Yeah. And trust systems mm -hmm. Hawaii is fantastic. I've had them yep. come out to jobs and, you know, just talk about the framing that needs to go in place. Real simple solution. No big right. deal. But, uh, you know, having the proper uh, knowledge and information to notice that in the first place is essential. And, you know, yeah. Thank you. You've been important on every step of that process and other, you know, inspections. Thank you. Yeah. No, um, we'd like to be there. And, you know, again, you know, being the third eye for people, we understand that uh, oftentimes our clients can't be here on island um, uh, or be able to attend the inspection because of work schedules, family schedules and, and whatnot. Uh, so we take our job very seriously and, and we conduct it with pride and I'm very lucky to have a team uh, that really enjoys what they do. Uh, yeah, so we you're can really turned into a machine now. You got your, <laughs> you know, your answer service, you've mm -hmm. got your, you know, accounting, your booking and everything is so smooth now. Thank you. Um, yeah. And just to remind everybody, I'm here with uh, Bo Patrone of A Sound Mind Home Inspection. I'm Clint Hansen with Maui Luxury Real Estate. You can visit us on MauiRealEstate.net um, and or come to MauiRealEstateRadio.com. Bo Petroni's number is 808. Actually, you know what? Uh, why don't you give up your main number that yeah. you talk to so that they can call Eric if they want to schedule, schedule an appointment to come see their home? Yes, Eric, our director of operation, handles all of our scheduling, um, estimate, and quotes out of the office. Uh, he's a great contact, um, also very knowledgeable. 808-879-4166 uh, is the office number. Um, however, if you do have an inspection question, uh, you can always feel free to call me as well. And that's 808-870-0593. Yeah, imagine that. The owner and inspector of the company giving out his personal number. He really is hands-on and will help you through every step of the process. Um, going back to uh, some of the new construction and, uh, you know, going through and, and seeing unforeseen problems, is there other, like, government contracts you've had or state buildings or something along that line? Because I know there's a lot of unique things that you've, you've done throughout your history. <laughs> yeah, so we, we've worked with the county um, uh, and ins inspected county buildings for them, uh, uh, and we also do inspections for the county as ASHI inspectors. Uh, so if you're looking to convert your property uh, to a short-term vacation rental or a and b or kind of minimizing the lot, we can help through that process as we are certified ASHI inspectors, uh, which is a requirement of the county to mm -hmm. perform those. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, we're really willing to do anything. We do a lot of residential, um, but we get involved with commercial uh, we work with uh, mainland companies uh, that help determine defective floor situations. Um, insurance. <laughs> insurance, uh, relocation inspections for certain companies. Uh, so we have a broad range of services, though real estate is really kind of our bread and butter where we stay most active. Yeah, you know, we're needing to, uh, when these turn over these properties, it's not just about... Uh, 
protecting the buyers and sellers. It's about protecting ourselves too. And that's why we're, you know, really, really diligent about recommending people with a breadth of experience that you have, your knowledge, and uh, more importantly, you're really there to back your product. I mean, every time, you know, I, I've had an issue going forward or something, you know, that people need more information, you know, while you're always there to recommend a, a specialist or a per, you know, person, you can give them a good general understanding of that property and, and the issues that could, you know, potentially be seen. Um, yep. Again, I want to go back to that four-letter word, mold. <laughs> so we are in a tropical environment. There is mold everywhere, always. Right. So you want to talk about some of the things you've seen? Well, I, I think you made a good point. It, we live in a tropical environment, and there's mold all around us. It, it's part of living in Hawaii, and we can't get away from that. Uh, of course, we're all different on an individual basis as far as our immune systems and what can affect one person uh, to the next. We could be co completely different. Um, our, our main concern, of course, is the black mold family. Mm -hmm. uh, this is the one that is more associated with causing potential serious health uh, adverse effects to, to one uh, individual's immune system. And uh, again, we can all be affected differently, but they are typically a bigger concern than a lot of the environmental growths that we may have uh, around various parts of Maui that may also be potentially um, hazardous to some. They can cause allergic reactions uh, with some individual immune systems. But uh, mm -hmm. the black mold is really the scary one, that four-letter word that we hear so much, mold, you know. Um, not necessarily dangerous, <laughs> but it could be, you know, yeah, that's why it, some people get it tested. Like, right. but I've often seen them in the, where the dishes go away, you that's know, right. closets, it, the little yellow spotting is almost everywhere. <laughs> yes. And, and that's very commonly seen throughout Hawaii. Um, it's because it's in our environment and it builds up on surfaces over time. So I think that, you know, with any mold concerns, you know, of course, we're there as inspectors to help highlight these uh, concerns during the inspection and help advise you uh, to the next path uh, mm -hmm. of what you need to do, uh, remediation, testing, or both. Mm -hmm. um, and that's our, really our goal is to try to help you, lead you down a path that's going to be most cost effective and get you the results and information that you need. Um, however, you know, for the most part, people just need to educate themselves on how to better maintain their homes, uh, particularly when living in environments like mm -hmm. Hawaii, where we have these growths all around us, uh, because mold just needs really two things. It needs the cellulose, which is, you know, plant matter all around us and woods materials Abundant. within our homes. Yeah, it's <laughs> everywhere. Uh, and moisture. Uh, and obviously with Hawaii's raised humidity levels, uh, this is a perfect environment. We have all these uh, items there that the mold need to feed on and grow. Um, so doing a few things like utilizing the proper type of cleaning products in the home uh, that are effective in destroying microbial and mold fungal type growths uh, for one. And a lot of times we get duped uh, into believing we should be wiping everything down with these Clorox no, wipes and right? bleach. <laughs> I, I, that blew my mind as well. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, and well, they do a really good job on marketing products, you know, here in the States in particular. But um, there are better products that are more Specific effective. Mold, yeah. Correct, yeah. Uh, better for the environment and much better for your health uh, as far as a cleaning agent uh, using on a regular basis. Uh, borax is a great one. Um, you can use it also in your laundry to help break down mold buildup that might accumulate in linens and, uh, you know, stored items in your closets uh, that you don't use that often. Uh, you could pull those out, uh, give them a quick wash, use some borax and just destroy any buildup that might be there. Um, also vinegar solutions, uh, food grade hydrogen peroxide is a great one. You can use that in your kitchen and food areas to clean up and it can destroy microbial growths. It breaks down uh, plant matter at a molecular level. It's, it's really effective against mold. Vinegar? Uh, no, hydrogen peroxide. Okay, all right. Um, yeah. What it, about ozone generators? I've heard yes. some things about ozone it, generators. It, yes, and dehumidifiers. You know, great ways to keep the humidity levels down low, air scrubbers to help clean the air, uh, to help pull some of those spores that are floating around in the environment uh, out of there uh, just to have a healthier sleeping environment. You can put them in your bedrooms. Mm -hmm. uh, so when you're sleeping at night, uh, you're ingesting less throughout your body. Um, and that certainly can help reduce uh, allergy concerns. And that's particularly important in the haiku areas to have those uh, quality uh, air control systems, to have the dehumidifiers there. Yep. You know, obviously quality construction is a very first step, 
but uh, making sure that a place is dry uh, and you know you have ventilating air can really prevent a lot of issues. There's, That's right. You know, homes that can be just closed up for a few days and the moisture, the general moisture levels can rise. Oh, yeah. Some natural wood cabinets or something along those lines. And, well, especially, you know, it's a recipe. right, and you've seen, you know, uh, how some of these hurricane seasons have gotten oh, the yeah. humidity levels <laughs> way up and if people were gone traveling for the summer uh and away for extended periods of time those humidity levels can really build up quickly within the home and cause all sorts of adverse conditions to arise so uh, regarding mold and fungal type growth so uh if you are going to be gone for long periods of time uh, you know if you have an ac system that you can keep running and cycling the air uh, keeping the house a little bit cooler and dry uh, would certainly help, you know, but you may also consider putting in additional dehumidifiers and air scrubbers within the home. Yes. Uh, two personal stories with mold. I'm actually allergic to mold myself. Um, it's fortunately just a mild allergy, so I can normally just get away with a runny nose or something yep. along those lines. But uh, when I was uh, initially going to college at Willamette University, uh, I chose a dorm room that was unfortunately a previous fraternity. It was closed for mm. a couple years. They threw some paint on it, a couple of new mattresses, <laughs> and it was good to go. Hit <laughs> um, whatever was yeah, there. <laughs> I, I went down and uh, loved the university. Talk about, I mean, Centrally located to Oregon. I love the people area. there. Um, I'm not really a city kid, you know, wasn't my place. It didn't fit with me so well, but the environment and the mold that was there ended up <laughs> destroying my health. Oh. Um, I was uh, waking up in the middle of the night with headaches. Um, my stomach completely mm -hmm. shut down. I couldn't, like I'd put food and I'd feel it in there and it, w it wouldn't go through. Mm -hmm. um, I had uh, this constant fogginess that wouldn't right. get cleared up. Um, and I actually attributed it to the train that was not but like 400 yards every night a train that was like 50 car lengths would go by at least once but sometimes <laughs> three times in the night we're talking midnight two in the morning four in the morning oh, it was absolutely brutal so i took medical leave i ended up coming here that's why i've had my license forever mm -hmm. i did end up graduating with my bs in business management minor in psychology from southern oregon university much more beautiful drier better weather area it's like 14 miles above california go raiders yeah exactly exactly <laughs> and um uh, but uh, that really taught me the respect for mold. And I didn't even know it yep. was until my roommate would have his friend stay in my bunk because mm -hmm. uh, it was a dormitory. You know, you got two beds to every room. Mm -hmm. And he had a much more adverse reaction. He'd wake up and blood would be pouring out of his, his oh, nose yeah. and, and have just like stumbling over migraines. And that's when they tore out the wall and found, found out that mold was there. Yeah. You know, uh, it would have been nice if the dormitory had somebody like you to go there and probably point out some obvious signs that us laymen's don't notice. Well, right. And, and, you know, if people are feeling, you know, these symptoms uh, that Clint was just speaking of, uh, it's almost oftentimes like you're feeling like you're coming down with a head cold, uh, that Constant. fogginess, you know, headaches, uh, uh, itchy, watery eyes, popping ears, um, your s sore throats, uh, raspy throat, things like that, um, congestion in the lungs. Uh, certainly could be uh, due to mold type growths within your living environment. Mm -hmm. um, we do offer testing services that we can come in and perform air settlement tests to let you know what's floating around in the air. Um, however, we always encourage surface level, t uh, surface level testing when at all possible. So mm -hmm. if there's anything visual, it's always best to get a sample directly of the visual growth. Uh, air settlement tests can be a little inconclusive because Depending home. on what they do, if they open it up, all that. Right. And, and even if we have a, a closed environment, so let's say we close up the house, what we require is a minimum 24 hours prior to any air, air testing uh, to have the house completely sealed up as best as can, so doors and windows all being closed, um, to help create a controlled environment. But the home is still like a living uh person essentially it's mm -hmm. breathing uh throughout the day um that's why you want to have that air movement yeah. not just a still environment correct yeah and, and and so if we go and take a test in the morning and one in the afternoon and one at night they're all going to show different results we'll still probably see uh, a majority of the same type of growth coming uh, up in the lab results but the count levels could be very different from mm -hmm. day to night um, so it's hard to say sometimes if we go in and, and we make a test of what those results come back, is that really, you know, at the levels that is affecting this person in mm -hmm. a negative manner. 
Um, whereas if we get a surface sample, it tells us exactly what that growth is, you know, and gives us a better understanding of its uh, growth that, you know, could really potentially be harming somebody in a negative way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, back to uh, those ozone generators. I only just recently discovered them, and uh, I do it as a kind of a prophylactic. Uh, I have little girls. I mm -hmm. have a, a six and a seven-year-old daughter. Yeah, beautiful little girls. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they come out of the shower sopping wet. They're getting better <laughs> at it, actually. They're, they're very good. Um, and they tend, you know, there's a transition between the bathroom and the carpeted uh, bedroom. So mm -hmm. they often just come right out. They don't want to be on that cold floor or, you know, right. deal with the mat, and they're dry. And, and getting that carpet soaking wet. So I've been actually closing off the room, making sure the pet's out because, you know, it's uh, not good to be breathing just straight ozone. Um, right. They use them in a variety of uh, machines like those two cleans for people's uh, CPAP masks. Mm -hmm. And um, this is a more industrial scale. Um, and I actually got mine used off of Craigslist and it works wonderful. It makes the whole room smell like clean laundry. Right, they it, do. It's yeah. kind of intense <laughs> it, at first. Yes. So I air out the room before my kid goes in and stuff like like that but it, it what does it do for, like it triple or it turns an o2 molecule and o3 so when it bonds with the you know living stuff it breaks it down right it, 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 yeah you've basically nailed it in a layman's term for the scientific uh, method um and and that's exactly what it is doing is it's cleansing the air molecules uh to make it a, a better living environment um, however, like you said, you need to be careful because if you are running it uh, for long periods of time, um, it, it can actually be harmful to your health as well. Yeah. So you, you need to make sure that you're understanding how to run the device. How and it for, works. Yeah, how, and for what period of time. You don't just time. turn it on while you're sleeping in Correct. our closed room. <laughs> exactly. And, and they're great for eliminating odors within homes, but mm -hmm. they do kind of leave like a, it's like a, being in a laundry room or yeah. something. Uh, it is a unique smell, um, but it can be harmful. And in fact, if you've walked into a room that's uh, had one running for a long period of time, you'll feel like it's almost zapping the oxygen out and of your exactly lungs. And that's exactly what it's yep. doing. Yeah, because yeah. it's bonding with your blood as yep. opposed to the O2. So, right. um, yeah, it's really important that you guys understand that uh, if you're going to be getting or renting one of those or going through a service, that you don't want to just be hanging out in the machine with an you know, ozone generator. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> because yeah. it's not good for microbes. It's not good for you. <laughs> right. No, but you can get rid of uh, smoke odors. Uh, yeah. If you had a tenant in your property that was a long-term smoker, and, and that smoke can just impregnate the walls and porous uh, materials, curtains, things like that. Yep. Um, but they can be used to, to help eliminate odors, and, and they, they work very, very effective. Mm -hmm. um, actually, when the fires were happening out in Wailea, when that uh, mm -hmm. transformer exploded, uh, there was quite a few people that was leasing those machines. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, and there are services and people available. Um, you know, sometimes uh, the management companies have them themselves mm -hmm. and uh, will offer a service so that, that you can, you know, take those smells away. So it's really important. Um, other things that I wanted to uh, point out uh, or talk to you about is, of course, uh, you mentioned electrical, but uh, roofs, uh, you know, you have a little mm -hmm. drone that you guys mm -hmm. use to help inspect those things. And right. what are some signs or issues that you see com uh, commonly? Well, you know, Maui, it's, uh, boy, we just have Hot, such intense windy, weather at times. Wet. Yeah, we get it all, really. I mean, look, we had snow up on Haleakala for six days this winter. Right. Um, and they've had hail in Hana before. So, <laughs> it, it, you know, to think that we just deal with uh, a little sunshine and rain, it's just not true. And in particularly the high winds. The high winds can be very damaging, uh, particularly to certain type of, of roofing materials. Uh, so first thing, it's, you know, really important for homeowners to do annual uh, maintenance checks on the roofs and, and walking around the home and trying to catch things before the rainy seasons or the windy season. Uh, and, you know, we're coming in the hurricane season. So oh, yeah. this is, um, you know, the time that we want to do that stuff, guys. Get out there and take a look at everything before these storms start approaching our islands and creating high winds and, and heavy rain conditions, uh, potentially. Um, we have some of the most consistent weather in the world, but it's really 
really, you know, we're ruled by microclimate. So yes. just the change of direction of the wind that doesn't normally come can, you know, adversely affect an area. You know, I'm sure with the rain a couple of nights ago, there's probably somebody that didn't see it coming right. and was uh, suffering well, from issues, you know. <laughs> I think one of the most common roof leak issues we have are... Uh, plumbing boots uh, where our waste oh, plumbing right. vents yeah, yeah penetrate they through dry our roofs out with their crazy hot sun right most of them uh, that we see uh, have a, a weather seal that's created by a rubber boot we we say and that rubber boot uh, is basically the flashing uh, that creates the watertight seal around the waste pipe that pops up through the top of your roof to vent out the sewer gas uh, they just get old and and dry and they start to crack and split and then eventually deteriorate and anytime it rains you can just have water traveling down that pipe into your attic space uh, wall cavities ceiling cavities and such and and eventually uh, or if it rains enough um, heavy enough for a long period of time you may get some water damage caused mm -hmm. uh, and or mold in the attic space or in wall cavities as well things like that that could arise um, so we see that quite a bit and and depending on the grade of the boot um, you know, usually about three to five years is the lifespan on many, uh, if they're in a place like Kihei where they get a lot of sun exposure. Yeah. And people don't realize that after ownership, it's not like, oh, great. You know, I got a home until yeah. I'm going to be selling it. But yeah, <laughs> you have regular maintenance and you want to definitely check those boots and right. get them changed out. Um, yeah. Of course, that's not the uh, only thing that... Uh, components of a roof and one of the biggest things I understand is actually the underlayment a lot of people think of roof tile as keeping the you know everything right. out but it's really the quality and thickness of that underlayment right yes your roof's only as good as the underlayment uh, and and I can't stress that enough if you are going to replace a roof spend the extra dollars on the underlayment that's what you're, yeah, that's <laughs> that, what you're paying for not the shingles <laughs> that's right absolutely um, but there are a lot of roofs uh, particularly you know back in you know, 70s, 80s, uh, and earlier uh, that we saw being installed without any underlayment at all. Uh, and these were, you know, metal roofs uh, and ceramic tile roofs uh, that were common, uh, concrete tile roofs even. Um, and that's pretty scary because, you, especially with a tile roof, um, they're never watertight. And mm -hmm. with the heavy wind and rains that we get at times, you can have water driven right through the tiles. And without any underlayment, there's just no secondary barrier of defense. You're going to get water in your attic or, uh, and in the home and potentially could cause a lot of damage. Um, we don't see that method being used uh, really any longer um, as most roofers and contractors know the importance of underlayment and are yeah. going to require it. <laughs> I was actually surprised in my own home. Uh, we have a roof over a roof and I've showed a few people mm -hmm. and they had no idea. They were like, what is going on? And mm -hmm. I, I brought a licensed roofer out. They looked at it and they're like, no, actually, you know, for the age of the building, this is probably the only home I've seen that was done properly. Like yeah. they actually did the underlayment, they did a peel and stick, and mm -hmm. then they put the tile on top of mm -hmm. it after putting the battens down and all that. And uh, you know, those tiles are really there just to protect the actual roof itself. They don't provide a whole lot. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. the concrete uh, and ceramic <laughs> tiles, they look beautiful. You spend a lot of money to have a look, uh, but they are probably one of the least functional types of roofing yeah. materials available in our market. Um, so, you know, depending what you're looking at, you know, for, for a look for the home, uh, there are architectural asphalt shingles out there that can provide, you know, a, a better look uh, than some roll comp asphalt shingles mm -hmm, type mm -hmm. applications. Uh, you have metal standing seam, which I'm a big advocate for. I really yeah. love metal standing seam roofs. I love roofs. how you can clip solar right on. Yes, the PV installations, yeah. very easy. Um, I think they look good. They're very effective. They can be used uh, with you know rain catchment systems as well. Uh, very effectively uh, so there's a lot of pluses maybe the minuses are they gonna maybe make a little more noise in the rain if so if you don't have a well insulated attic mm -hmm, you're gonna mm -hmm. hear a little more of the rain pounding at times um, and uh, they do require some ongoing maintenance of resealing seams at various locations of roof junctions but other than that they can last a very long time and be a very effective roof covering uh, you know, I just found out a new roof material I didn't even know existed. It's on my listing on 808 Kupalau. That's uh, that licensed bed and breakfast I have up mm -hmm. in Maui Meadows. And it's a metal roof that is actually just like cupped 
uh, same way that you see one of those concrete shingles, Wait. but it actually has a composite material in addition to that. Yes. So, you know, you have uh, the benefit of the long longevity of a, of a metal roof, mm -hmm. the relative lightness and yep. uh, durability and uh, uh, the insulating properties of the composite. Right. Yeah, the composite so tiles. Uh -huh. it, I was blown away that something like that existed. Obviously, you have to be a little bit careful when you're walking on those things because they can dent. Uh, but right. other than that, I, it, the house is amazingly cool. Like I was surprised that normally some of the coolest places I go into are, um, you know, the shake shingle roofs. They mm -hmm. do a wonderful job of insulating the home. Yeah. Uh, sometimes people think those are, you know, antiquated, but yeah. they seem to be really popular actually, you uh, know, well, by shake, choice. Yeah, shakes when installed uh, properly can, and maintained properly, can still have a, a long lifespan. <laughs> um, however, oftentimes they're installed and then never maintained. Uh, and particularly here in, in a place like Kihei, where it's extremely hot most most throughout most of the year, uh, and we do get some heavy rains at times. Those sh the shakes get uh, wet, they swell up, and then they dry out immediately because it's sunny the next you know day, and um, that can cause curling and cupping and displacement, cracking of of the shakes, um, and so it, they require a little more oiling. Uh, or sealing uh, to help reduce that water damage that can occur uh, due, due to the inconsistent rains that we have, uh, but consistent sun weather that we yeah. have here. Whereas if we were in someplace more wet, you know, uh, out towards Hana and Hiku, uh, parts of Haiku, where they're getting more consistent rains. Those Not morning, drying out, wetting up. Yes, up. exactly. Yeah, they stay swollen, and they actually are more effective that way uh, as a roof um, material. Or just staying dry, yeah. like in Kihei, you know, being right. an insulator. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Again, you know, with maintenance, they can still last a very long time in, in Kihei. Of course, we still see some that look original for probably 30, 40 years ago yeah. over here in certain yeah. homes. Yeah. Um, uh, that being said, moving on to the, the next thing, a lot of people in Kihei are lacking gutters. You know, they don't even think about it. Mm -hmm. And that's, of course, another potential point of intrusion as well. You don't think about it. You think it's the end of the roof, water falls off, no matter, no care. You know, just right. don't worry about it. But can you tell yeah. us some of the issues associated with that? Well, yeah. And, you know, Kihei, again, we're known to be the drier side of the island. But uh, when it rains, it rains mm -hmm. and it can rain extremely hard. And the amount of water that comes off of our roofs at times here can be very damaging to the surrounding grounds and footings of our structure. Um, so adding gutters to any home, regardless of where you're at here in Hawaii, can be uh, an effective um, um, uh, measure you know, way, prevent, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, effective uh, way to defend the home. Um, and pre help prevent unneeded maintenances. Uh, because what happens is the water comes off of our roof. Uh, it's not only causing potential erosion issues to the grounds, uh, but we all also have water deflecting back onto the structure. And then that's causing potential moisture-related damages and issues to arise, even potential water intrusions, penetrations into the house at the base of our walls. Uh, so by adding gutters uh, and downspouts and, and routing the water away from our home, we can reduce a lot of those issues from arising over time. Yeah. So the next step is, of course, our favorite photovoltaic. As you know, my brother Daryl, yes. he's uh, Pacific Energy. That's right. Um, he installs and monitors, uh, maintains, uh, you know, he's often correcting some other people's work for off-grid systems yeah. um, and or roof issues. You know, mm -hmm. you got to be really careful about who you're choosing for solar because sometimes they're just, you know, banging nails when it's not a clip-in metal system. Right. You know, making uh, issues where they would have previously not because they missed a beam. What are some things that you've noticed and uh, when solar ends up getting installed and causing complications with the roof? Well, unfortunately, you know, there's a lot of companies out there um, performing this type of service these days um, as it could be, you know, a very lucrative industry. Mm -hmm. uh, so we've watched a lot of people jump into the industry that might not have had an extensive construction background prior to doing so. Or the companies have evolved and become so big that they just have poor oversight on all of their employees outperforming the installation work. Um, so we do see damaged roofs uh, all the time uh, mm -hmm. after, you know, installation of PV systems. Uh, more commonly observed in, you know, roof, uh, concrete tile roofs, uh, ceramic tile roofs, 
um, and maybe shakes more than yeah. you know asphalt or, or metal roofs. Um, and because you know they're walking around with these panels, you know, having to put them in place, and it's very likely you know that even somebody who's well versed in walking roofs uh, and installing these systems could still you know crack or break a tile. Yeah, no matter um, what, and they actually yeah. have you oftentimes sign a waiver whether right. it is a photovoltaic company, whether it's a tenting company, because a lot of these things are oh, just yeah, impossible to avoid. Yeah, they're moving around heavy stuff up yeah. there, and and you know it's likely that some damage could be caused. Uh, so to have an inspection after the installation of Precisely, these yeah. Yeah, types of materials or after tenting of a structure for termites uh, is, is a wise decision. And you because can we prevent do... those issues just yeah. simply by putting a little, you know, sealing up there when a nail yeah. goes through the wrong place. And, uh, you know, also looking out for wiring issues or putting a fan out of commission, you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You never know what can happen. Um, Start banging around up there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People bump into stuff or they set something down on your solar water heating panel and, and start leaking. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we, we really have seen it all. Um, next thing I actually yeah. was uh, wanted to talk to you a little bit about, uh, you know, moving further down the line to the lower sections or inside the house, you go through and actually check appliances too, right? We do. Yeah, You're we not do. an appliance repairman, but you no. do look for functionality. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. We're still looking for, you know, any sort of excessive uh, damage or deterioration of the appliance body itself. Um, but we'll test also for basic functions. So we're checking your freezer and, and refrigerator compartments for uh, proper temperatures. Uh, you know, if they have ice machines and water dispensers, we're checking for proper function, looking for leak-related issues. Um, same with your stove ovens. We're checking for basic functions. Did the elements respond? Uh, we'll run it on a bake mode, you know, usually 350, check to see, hey, did it get up the temperature? Um, Sinks, Yeah, water, convection fans, yeah. are they working? Uh, making loud noises, vibrations, things like that. Um, yeah, dishwashers, are they installed properly? Are the drain lines installed properly? Did they run through their cycles? Um, did heat elements respond? So we get a lot of information back regarding those. Though I do stress to all homeowners um, that if you are buying appliances, uh, spend the extra money on the extended warranties. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'd be surprised. They yeah. really do seem to crap out just after a couple, just right after that normal warranty yes. period. So um, Unfortunately, we see it too often. Especially being on an island here, things are getting, you know. Yeah. And these appliances, they're not cheap. You, no, you go no. out and you spend $2,500 for a refrigerator and it starts to leak, you know, a year or two after you bought it. Um, yeah, and cause damage to your nice wood floor that you mm -hmm. just installed. Uh, yeah, there needs to be some sort of recourse. And uh, that extended warranty policy or purchasing a home warranty policy really worth it, yeah. yeah, for the house could be you know a good way to protect yourself. I actually got an interesting story there. So mm -hmm. we had an instant hot water heater. And we mm -hmm. fortunately had a licensed contractor install it. They actually did get the extended warranty on that instant hot water. And then about a mm -hmm. two cent piece broke on it. Oh, wow. And it started shooting water out of that over a course of about 12 hours. Oh, yes. There's a waterfall. A coming down the stairs. <laughs> oh, Nobody geez. was there. It just happened to be a time when the tenants were gone. Oh, lucky. And, uh, very unlucky. And it was, it was close to, I think, uh, $40,000 oh, in replacement. Uh, mm -hmm. fortunately, because that extended warranty and, uh, the contractor's license was in place, they had the receipts, they had everything covered. That's one of the reasons we stress licensed contractors and make sure those Absolutely. things are covered. And, well, uh, it was completely paid for. We lived literally didn't have to write a single major check. <laughs> and there you go. That's the benefit of, you know, spending a little more uh, to just have that added uh, layer of protection for you and your home. Um, can we touch a little bit on the water heater real quick? Yeah, actually, you made me aware of that <laughs> fact. That's something that I was telling my uh, listing uh, presentation the other day. I got a uh, new one coming up on Wallaka, this beautiful oh, nice. one bedroom, one bath. Um, and at a Wallaka Apartments at mm -hmm. just under 500,000. And they've literally uh, had to put that new bladder in mm -hmm. and I, you know, and replace the hot water. And they were not aware that they were supposed to get permits. You just taught me this. Right, so Maui County does require homeowners to pull a permit anytime they are replacing a water heater. Not just adding a new one or relocating it, but if you're just replacing an old water heater, they want you to pull a permit. Now, they will work with homeowners and they do after the fact permitting with these uh, at mm -hmm. no additional fees involved. Is that um, like a paperwork filing through the license guy or is an inspector actually have to come out he, there? They will probably send the inspector. And the oh, reason wow. being is that this is considered a safety appliance. 
um, that have safety components on them that they want to make sure are being installed uh, properly. And, and to be honest with you, we probably see somewhere up to maybe 30 to 40 percent of water heaters being installed improperly so yeah it is a serious thing and especially with the new water on demand systems uh, and electrical water on demand yeah, systems those in particular are great it's in a condo save yes. you a little room absolutely they can they can be great for added storage purposes uh they may be more cost effective for you in certain living situations but they most uh, and most of the time require an electrical update as well mm-hmm. uh, so you need to make sure that they are being installed properly because we see many of them being installed without the proper uh, electrical service to mm-hmm. them so mm-hmm. that could mm-hmm. pose a potential safety issue as well so um we're moving down the line foundation concrete spalling mm-hmm. railings tell us a little bit about what you do i know you give a little shake test um mm-hmm. and look for those uh, issues right so we have um you know here in in, in hawaii you know extra rain conditions, salt air, the, the moisture and the salt together can be very corrosive and damaging to structures. And uh, we also like to irrigate a lot of things, make everything look green and grow our flowers and our fruit and, and whatnot. Well, this tends to affect our structures in an adverse manner, and we can get what's called spalling at the perimeter of our foundations due to exposure to that moisture and salt air. Uh, also, maybe in condo situations mm-hmm. where you've seen on lots of lanai areas, at the end of the perimeter of those lanai, some concrete flaking off and exposing potential uh, rebar and metal uh, support systems there. Um, it and can, you're always looking for those signs. Yes, you know, absolutely. Making the buyer or sellers yeah. aware. A lot of times it's not detrimental to the structure, but if it goes unattended for long periods, it, it could cause uh, some structural issues to arise and, and pose some high dollar cost. Repairs. Yeah, and, and cracks are common. Settling happens all the time. But, yeah. you you know, the difference between a spalling one or water Pro- penetration and the yeah. size and scope, it's why it's important to have a professional there. Yeah, we probably see it in 40 percent or more of structures just because of our, our weather and mm-hmm. climate here. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Even new ones, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, potentially. <laughs> Um, and uh, last but not least, you know, uh, we talk about you know, proper maintenance of a home. Um, you know, you're not there to make these repairs or go through. And but uh, typically, it's good to recommend a license. Obviously, it depends on the size of scope or issue. Many of them can just be preventative. My favorite, of course, is always cleaning up the yard maintenance around it. You know, <laughs> right. preventing adverse things. You know. Yes, we like to work with you know, licensed contractors um, uh, that have good history. Uh, so we put together a good referral list out of our office that can be helpful for our clients Ditto. if yeah. they do have repair <laughs> needs or maintenance needs. Um, and we keep tabs on them. Uh, so yeah. if we're getting bad feedback, they're not going to be on our list. So <laughs> we're going to get go find somebody else. Um, but I think it is, you know, important that uh, homeowners try to utilize licensed people when they can. It gives them uh, additional protection. Additional protection, exactly. You yeah, know, sometimes, needed. though, they don't do the right thing. They don't put the permits in for the water heater, even though a licensed That's right. permit. That's so right. um, this is Clint Hansen with Maui Luxury Real Estate. We've been talking to Bo Petrone of a Soundheim Moat. What is it? Sound a Mind, sound mind Home Thank Inspection. You, it's a tongue twister. Yeah. Um, you want to give that phone number? Uh, sure. The office number is 808-879-4166. And you can visit us on the web at asmhi.com. And this is Clint Hansen with Maui Luxury Real Estate, broadcasting on 1110 AM and 98.7 FM, 96.7 FM, the KAOI radio group. You can always find us at MauiRealEstate.net or just go to Maui Real Estate Radio to get a uh, copy of the transcript as well as a recording so that you can go through it again. I also like to put videos in there. So uh, don't forget to call me either 808-280-2764. Aloha.